0: Welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast for film fans by film fans. Every episode, we look at films old and new to choose what should be preserved for all time in our movie vault. With lively topics, big questions, and crazy challenges to entertain us and our guests, we always look to have fun by giving you the topics worth discussing and the movies worth watching, even if there are some duds along the way. But don't just take my word for it. Here's a preview of what to expect in today's episode.
1: And to now have this side character as a female Bond as well. I don't know. But we'll see, see how that goes. But um, yeah, I'm really excited for Black Widow.
2: See, I'd argue the thing I'm most excited for is No Time to Die. It uh, has nothing to do with the film. I'm just sick of watching that f***ing trailer over and over again. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to Well Good Movies, the podcast that gives you the topics worth discussing and the movies worth watching. I'm your host, Daniel Cullinane, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, the one, the only, Mr. Joe Richards.
3: Hi, Dan. How are you?
1: Hi, Joe. Uh, and as always we've got two kind of special guests what can i say folks it's been a really slow week this week i mean we are scraping the barrel a little bit um, but you may have heard their names vaguely somewhere on the internet in some dark territory uh, but our guests on today's show uh, are the one and only craig mcdonald and david oscar welcome you guys uh,
0: hello uh, this feels this doesn't feel right
1: right what I, the I, hell is going
2: on well guys this feels pretty right to me I've got to say
0: as, I mean,
1: the roles be. have
2: been reversed.
0: Uh, we we've got this the wrong way round.
2: <laughs> yeah Dan what do you think our podcast actually is?
1: Oh I oh, I I I thought it was all about Hallmark movies. Oh sorry.
2: Mate, mate podcast, this is I... my Zoom call. Why is this your show?
0: Guys we've messed up. We we this is not a good way to start 2021 right. We're going we're going to have to start over. All right. Reset button. Right. Well, Good Movies! Hello and welcome to Well, Good Movies, the podcast that gives you the topics worth discussing and the movies worth watching. I'm your host, David Oscar, <laughs> and I am joined, as always, by my co-host... I'm going to call him the first movie of 2021 because I think this is appropriate. Uh, It's a film that's coming out in cinemas, apparently. Um, But I think this is what Craig is doing in his house right now. So we have the marksman, Craig McDonald. He's there from his bedroom just watching Boris Johnson with a a sniper waiting for his announcement. (laughs) Hello, Craig.
2: Christmas is now over. Christmas media content ban back in place.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh for everyone who's keeping track at home uh we've had a running joke of craig uh when he watches christmas content so the door is now closed on 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 that for, for yeah, craig
2: literally i've 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 done as people ask i waited for the 12 days of christmas to be over that's done i i'm now back to normality leave <laughs> me alone with that stuff
0: <laughs> if there's a christmas special in a series craig's gonna skip it so S- sorry 2021 content it's <laughs> true so, but in terms of enjoying Christmas, I know, Craig, you're probably still reeling from the insanity of our festive Endgame special. Uh, how are you feeling after that?
2: I mean, I'm very glad that it turns out we don't have to watch the entire Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. That is what I can only describe as a massive relief. But yeah, I know it was a good show in the end. I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to whenever we do the next one so we can start building towards a champion of champions. Um, yeah, Christmas has been relatively chill. I think the only major thing I was made to watch was the KFC Hallmark Christmas Special uh, Recipe for Seduction.
0: <laughs> that that could have been in the endgame in that Hallmark round we had.
2: <laughs> if I had known about it, possibly. But it, it's, <laughs> it's really weird. It's basically this... Essentially, a love triangle develops where a girl starts falling in love with Colonel Sanders, who is her personal chef. After only ever meeting him once and then it somehow escalates into the mother trying to kill him and her gay best friend it's a really weird story
0: that's, that sounds so strange but then yeah not surprised from something that's like debuted online and it's the kind of stuff we've had with Christmas on the Square and uh, you know Netflix specials such as that
2: <laughs> I mean I do recommend it because it is hilariously stupid <laughs>
0: Yeah, myself, I, you know, I've been using the chance to catch up on some Christmas films that I've never seen before. So finally, I think I've talked about it the last like two years, I've finally seen Arthur Christmas.
2: Oh, a damn last. What did you think of it in the end?
0: It was all right. That, Great. All.
2: <laughs> Great. So I was expecting some like absolute narrative from you there, Dave, and just...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was a very sweet, charming film, but uh, it... I was surprised how derailed it got in the, in the middle. It turned very chaotic, but I did love the beginning. It was, it was a very nice Aardman animation, but yeah, lost its way a bit. Today, you know, we are now in 2021, and on this show, we like to have variety. We like to have different sort of episodes, and while we always like to have fun and craziness, you know, it is you know, a film podcast, so we feel that we do need to talk about what is happening at the moment in terms of cinema, in terms of film releases, because it obviously affects what we're talking about. And we don't want to just ignore everything that is happening. So we thought today we'll start the year off by getting that serious stuff out of the way by talking about, you know, the future of cinema and reflecting a bit on, you know, how a tough year it has been uh for film in 2020. So, you know, as you heard at the start of this episode, we are joined by our two good friends, Joe Richards and Daniel Cullenane, to mimic what Dan has, you know, called us in the past. Uh, we, you know, the same goes out to them. They are our second favorite podcast duo. Um, I'm not sure if like in our heads, like my, my first one's probably uh, Joey and Snooky. I don't think um, I, I, I hold ourselves in highest. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, thanks for coming back on Dan and Joe. Thank you for having oh, us. Gosh, so Yeah, it's, you know, we've collaborated a lot in the past and like I said, it was perfect to have you guys on because like I said, you're two of the people who I know who probably go to the cinema the most and like us, keep up to date with all the news and on your show, the Dan and Joe Film Show, you review weekly releases, you talk about film news. So how have you felt the podcast has gone for the whole of 2020? I know the last time you were on the show, Uh, apart from the end game special which we did but last time we saw chatted and everything was back all the way in june so there we were talking about a bit of the struggles again used to like the internet and that kind of stuff but i know you recently did your sort of like end of year show and and you said about being proud of everything you you know you achieved so you know what 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 are those sort of like feelings as a whole after after completing an entire year podcasting
1: yeah, it's been a strange year. I think it's been a really good year for us. Obviously, it's the first year of our baby, our, our newborn. It's one years old. I cannot believe it. Um, and we started off in the most gorgeous, luxurious studio. It was, it was amazing. Champagne on tap, VIP access. <laughs> we had it all. We were living the life. We felt like we were living in the Hollywood Hills. I and mean, all of a sudden, come March, the COVID hit. Um, and we were reduced to uh, going into our studies, our basements, recording like this. And then my dad's study. It stinks of Stare Artois 24-7. I can't rid of, get rid of the smell, but um, no, it's been, it's been a strange year. I always say universally it's been a bad year, but not necessarily a bad year for everybody. Um, and I think, you know, you have to make the best of it. you got to make your lemons out of lemonade. And I feel like we, we've done that. Um, and even though we haven't got our studio, uh, and who knows, we may one day uh, be able to go back to the studio. Um, You know, we've invested in new equipment uh, and new microphones. And I feel like the quality of our content has just got better and better throughout the year. But yeah, it's been been hard. I think, you know, I can't remember the last time we watched like a triple bill on a Friday night at the cinema like we used to do. Like those memories I treasure so much because I don't know when that will happen again. Um, Even when cinemas reopen this year, which they will, I'm sure, very, very soon. Um, I don't know whether there'll be that flow of films like it was a year ago. But, yeah, I I think it's been a great year. I'm really proud of what we've done. Um, And it has been challenging. We've had a lot of Netflix movies, a lot bad, some good. um, But, yeah, it's it's been a wild year. What about you, Joe?
0: You guys were ahead of the curve on that, to be fair. You know, I always respected, you know, Joe for getting through those Netflix movies, even before he was like, this is all we've got. You know, Joe was still like, you know, I'm going to watch these, you know, uh, even, even those. So, yeah.
3: Oh yeah there's definitely been a lot of trash uh, appearing on Netflix but you know we'll probably get into it a bit more later on but I think you know there are hidden gems in there as well and there's certainly uh, a couple of films that Netflix have have pushed out over the last 12 months which I, I think have been terrific, and I think you know the the it kind of uh, makes the trash worthwhile, and it and it really I think kind of puts Netflix in a good position going forward, saying you know well it, you know if this carries on, at least we've got some good content there available um, for people to kind of get involved in. But you know, I, I, like Dan said, I, I'm proud proud of the show. It has been difficult, and you know over the past few months as well. Um, just getting guests and getting people to interview has been a a real kind of um, task, a real chore. Uh, You know, we're dealing with a lot of people from studios even, um, you know, who we're in the middle of kind of talking about getting somebody, a director or an actor on the show, and they themselves don't know when this film is going to be out. For example, we've got something lined up with Studio Canal, hopefully in the next couple of months, Um, for a film called Supernova, starring uh, Colin Firth and uh, Stanley Tucci. Um, Now, that was due for release back in October. We had everything lined up. We had screeners, so on and so forth. Um, But obviously, that's been pushed back to March and more than likely will be pushed back again, I imagine, um, back maybe to the end of next year even. So it's very strange getting psyched up and getting prepared for something which long-term might not come into fruition for another year and a half at the moment but um you know we we've managed and we've improvised and yeah i'm proud of of where where we're at as well
0: and and so far you know like said even despite what might be happening behind the scenes you know if you look at it on on the surface level you know you've had some you know great guests and you know you managed to like you said you know have a great variety of like actors and directors and and have people, you know, like said, are involved in the film. So, you know, I think that that as well is, you know, fantastic. Uh, and like I like said, you know, adds to what you guys saying about, you know, being proud and, you know, putting all that work in. I think that, that that is testament to that. Go check out the Dan and Joe film show. Obviously, we'll be giving you all the links and everything at the end of the episode. Uh, but now we'll get on to our main portion of the show, which is talking about, you know, The beast that is 2021 and you know the the x that we you know prefer to forget of 2020 you know as podcasters and film fans we've all been through it this year and you know or the the year just gone and you know it's still we're in this position now you know of we don't know what's going to happen and it's like that for every industry so dan you you were on our podcast all the way back in March last year. And, you know, listening back to that before this episode is crazy because we were just like, oh, well, hopefully, you know, the, you know, we'll be talking about these, you know, episodes we had planned for later in the year. And, you know, we were like, Fast and Furious has been delayed till next year. What a mentalist, you know. And then it turns out they were actually the people who were like most ahead in terms of, you know, what was going to happen. And even that film is now in, you know, contention. So how do you feel about, looking back on that that crazy time
1: well i actually have a photo of us on my phone oh wow people can't see this craig is looking as looking as handsome as ever we all look very enthusiastic to be there i look Um, miserable as shit (laughs) (laughs)
2: I was trying, Craig. I was
1: trying. Um, yeah, it, it, what's mad is I was scrolling through our Instagram page back in March when we did a post and it was like, Bond, um, uh, you know, 007 is being delayed till um, November. What's going on? Why is it being delayed? And we had no clue. And I always ask people before end of March before we went to lockdown, did we have a clue what was going on around the world? And nobody did. Like, I think we were all so ignorant. We were just like, oh, it's just going to be a flu. It's just going to be contained in one region of the world. It's not going to affect us. Um, And I think when I came on your show, that was like the week we were just before going into lockdown. And we just about recorded, didn't we, at at your uh, recording studio. And we we just about got to record that show. But it was strange. It it felt very, very weird. Um, It felt like, I don't think any of us realise... The challenges we were going to face. Then from then on, I think I thought that it was just going to be for like a month. I thought Black Widow was going to come out in May. It was all going to be fine, um, and then that did not happen. Uh, and to think that we're in January now, 2021, uh, and in a month or two, it would have been a whole year of our lives. And some of us are not getting any younger. I'm not getting any younger, people. These, this look is not. It's not going to stay like this forever um so yeah it's been crazy to think of that but yeah i i, I loved uh, recording that show i thought it was a lot of fun um but i don't think any of us thought at that point what what was to come later in the year i i remember i remember david like getting all hand sanitizer out and wiping everything yeah. and i was like what is what is he doing i was like that's not gonna catch on that's not gonna catch
0: yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> that was if you
1: were ahead of the times you that, were psychic that...
0: To be fair, that was at instruction of the person who run that studio. So even I was a bit like, oh, you know, why do I have to do this? This seems so weird. And I was like, okay, I'll do what he says. But yeah, like you said, it was, you know, uh, <laughs> a precursor as to what life would become afterwards. And Joe, like I said, you weren't there for, th- for that episode. Uh, we were then talking about the joy of the Muppets many weeks later as life had completely changed. That was in the peak of being like, you know, we are now online. What's happening? This is craziness. But... Both of you, I think, you know, what, what's great as well is that, you know, you're both massive film fans, but, you know, you come at it from different approaches as well. Like, Dan will be, like, into his horror and, you know, indie films and that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, you'll still dip into the kind of Star Wars and, like, the nerdy stuff. I don't think Dan's going to argue that for <laughs> for a moment. that you know. no, Dan hates any sort of... I mean, he'll
3: watch them, but, like, he yeah. hates any sort of, like, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter is a no for Dan. And we always have this running joke where he's like, as soon as a character comes on and he's like, oh, look, it's a uh, Mr. Flibbity Glock from, <laughs> uh, from, from Hibology." Like, Dan is out. Like, that's him. Done. So, but... i I'm, 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 I'm i remember going to see mortal engines and it just started off the local
1: game <laughs> up and in in 2072 i was like oh god
0: this that that's probably one of the worst examples you could say of a fantasy film though like more <laughs> to be fair that was pretty pretty slated of a film so i hope but you know i hope that wouldn't be people's like i love sci-fi and fantasy here's my example mortal engines <laughs> um so, but, yeah, like I said, you know, but horror is such a massive thing, and that you know, so I think that's why you know it's 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 great that you come with those those two approaches but but, Joe, how do you feel as a film fan in twenty twenty So we've talked about like you know podcasts and dealing with delays, and you know like talking about news and the technicalities, but for me. I know that it's like, as a film fan, it's just been weird. As somebody who's just like, oh, I'm making my list throughout the year. Oh, you know, the next blockbuster, there's, you know, every two weeks I've got a blockbuster to go watch. And and the MCU, you know, we ha- there was no existence of the MCU in in that year. So, you know, how do, how do you feel as a film fan? Do you think that you're the same as other film fans? Or, you know, do you think it's been quite different for you? Or
3: um, Yeah, I'm definitely missing the audience participation. I miss that feeling of... Just the ambiance of it and that whole like I go in when we finally allowed back into the Cinemas, and as Dan said earlier on, I do think it's gonna be still a very long time into whether they're in that position. We might get the occasional one or two releases. But I think there will be it'll be a long time before we're in that position where we get a steady stream of releases every Friday night to the point where me and Dan will be going to see three films on a, on a Friday as we usually used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I miss that Friday night buzz of like finishing work because it, it's a whole event. It's like why people go to the theater and music you know, gigs and concerts. It's, it's that whole event for me every single Friday of finishing work and being excited for what's going to come and seeing so many different types of films. You go into a horror, to a comedy, to an all-out, uh, drama and I miss that participation um, you know of, of being sat with an audience engaging how they feel about a particular film as well and obviously me and Dan watching the film and sharing that experience together and I think it's a very it's, it's been tough kind of getting used and changing your viewing habits to go from right you 're going to sit in this darkened room for two hours and you 've got nothing else to focus on other than what is in front of you to suddenly being sat in your living room trying to watch a film and you 've got you know uh, your girlfriend coming in and out or you 've got people calling you or you 've got Dan sending you voice memos um, on facebook to to have that same sort of attention and that focus and to give that film the same sort of chance as you would would it be had it been on a big screen i think that's taken a lot to kind of change that and to kind of get into the zone of right i've got to literally just sit here now and focus on it and and really try and dig down deep into what's going on and, and what the themes and everything as, as you would um, in the cinema. So that's been tough. And I think the reverse is going to happen as well when we do go back to the cinema, changing that viewing habit again, to being sat in a cinema for, you know, mean Dan would spend like six hours some evening sat in, in a cinema. So that's going to be strange going back as well. So yeah, it has been a very weird time over the last 12 months. A lot has changed. Um, and just trying to as we mentioned earlier on just the constant changing of release dates and trying to uh, i saw a tweet earlier on actually i think robbie collin the the writer for the telegraph has been very big on somebody setting up a website where you can actually see what's due out because trying to actually find what's due out and what what's been released when is proving really difficult at the moment i think for a lot of film critics
2: i think the thing that I personally found, I'm interested to see if you guys find it as well, is that because of the fact that you don't have easy... I mean, you A, don't have the ability to sit with a large audience, uh, but B, don't often have the ability to watch it with like the people you usually would, right? So you basically said that you and Dan would often go to the cinema on a Friday. I found that watching films this year has just been a lot lonelier than than I've ever been used to. And I was just wondering if other people think that. I think the only thing I've been able to do to sort of combat that is... Uh, agree with like a friend here or there like i've been doing it a lot with kiara for example uh it's just doing that thing of okay we're gonna press play at the exact same time watch it and then if we want to comment on things we'll just message each other which while it's nice doesn't have like the same sort of effect i was just wondering if you guys found that and if not like ways you've been sort of countering that i guess yeah 100 percent for me and joe's a bit different
1: to me when it comes to like watching films at home's he's a lot better at adapting to it and he can bash out four films in a day <laughs> um sometimes if it's if there's if there's he can bash out a lot of things but four films you can definitely do um, whereas for me I struggle with one film like I literally I'm, I like I have to pause after half an hour and make myself a coffee or a tea I just struggle by myself so what I what I, we've been doing as a family is we've had family film nights where like I'll buy a popcorn in a popcorn bowl I heat up the popcorn I'll get like a maybe a corona or something like that because joe and i love our coronas back in the day in cinema Um, And then we all kind of gather around, we have have comfortable sofas, and we have a smart TV, it's quite a nice big TV, Um, and that's really helped me this year, like that's kind of felt a little bit more like a cinema, and I think it wasn't for that, I struggle more, Um, but likewise, I've been to the cinema this year, not so long ago, you know, in, in, in showcase by myself, and it's not been any better, so I agree Craig, I think it's all about who you're with, and sometimes it's not just who you go with in the cinema, but also who you're with at home as well so i 'm fortunate obviously I live at home with my family. If I lived at home by myself um, I think i 'd find it really hard so yeah that 's something i 've been doing some family movie nights
3: and i think I think you 've definitely hit on something there, Craig, and I think it 's been interesting, obviously Disney plus Um, sort of implemented that kind of watch along uh, feature on on their site where you can literally just stick a film on and watch at the same time and I think that's a really neat and nice idea to bring people together you know like Soul was out on uh, Christmas Day and I can imagine a lot of families who couldn't be together or would usually go and see you know the the Pixar together as the group would take advantage of that to to watch it together sort of separate apart uh, separate together so um, yeah it's definitely being uh, lonely and I do miss going with Dan and it's just interesting as well because sometimes your reaction can influence other people's reactions as well right and like I could be sat there and I can see Dan like hating a film completely or like enjoying it and like I, I'll be like right I know for a fact that he hates this and and, and vice versa I'm sure but right now, it's, it's, and it's been quite interesting for the podcast, actually, because whereas before we'd go into a podcast and I'd know exactly what uh, Dan thought of a film, now we, we, I, I kind of have no idea going in. So that it's kind of, that's, that's aspect of it has been quite interesting, I think.
1: Uh, and I really miss when the film is over and we walk out and there's this awkward kind of walking out and then Joe will go, I'm just going to go to the toilet. And I go, okay, okay, Joe. And I'll wait outside and then Joe will come out and I go, so... Uh, what do you think? And he was like, oh man. And then he'll, he'll kind of let rip. But I love that kind of. Uh... <laughs> minute after the film where like if you hate a film and you feel you don't want to say that you hated it because the other person might love it um, and then sometimes like joe says we inform each other so maybe i'll say spot something in the film that joe hasn't seen or likewise uh, and yeah i miss ha- walking from the screen to the car and having those discussions like like joe says we don't have that we we watch the film at home um, and then we just go and do the show and we kind of already know what we think of the film so yeah
0: yeah yeah, that's definitely something we share. It's like that, that journey and like the car. And sometimes me and Craig, it will be as soon as the doors close, we'll be like, right then, what the hell was, you know? Oh, like, oh my God, you know, it, it's, you know, it can go one of two ways. And yeah, it's, it's true. Like well, a lot of you guys we saying during that because my last cinematic experience was thankfully Wonder Woman, which feels as if I was like like me and Dan and Craig getting in the studio just before lockdown. It was like getting to the Wonder Woman screening just before, you know, everything becomes, you know, shut down all over again but i think what you said earlier joe is true is that during that screening again it wasn't that many people uh, a lot of the people i knew there anyway so you know i knew they were going to be well behaved but there was like this couple uh not far from the screen and it was like parts in the film in which they were just constantly like what's <laughs> he oh yeah who's here and they were just constant just just, con- and you could tell they must have been at home watching things together and going like who's he where did that come from and you could tell they were just there thinking they were at home and they were like oh this doesn't matter because there's no one else here kind of thing you could tell it was like they had brought that that back I was almost as if I was like guys just talk a normal volume because it's actually more annoying than all I can hear is <laughs> <laughs> so I prefer if I just heard it, you know, rather than this like annoying, you know, a little whisperiness. But, uh, but yeah, the, the distractions and everything is 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 very true as well. You know we've talked about the cinematic experience and everything like that but what do you guys think is now the future of cinema a lot of people have been talking this year about like oh well you know this future of cinema has changed forever um oh it was dying anyway there were loads of problems oh this was happening before uh the pandemic anyway it's going to force things to do this way but i don't know personally i found that sometimes the lo- the loudest voices are the clearest and then actually when you probably have experienced this and doing polls and stuff, most people are pretty much on board of just wanting to go back to the cinema. It's just that you hear very much those very loud, brash people who are just like, I never liked the cinema anyway and all this kind of stuff. But again, they're the most visible because everyone else is just kind of sat there patiently waiting. Um, so, so what do you guys think of like the, the future of cinema? Do you think it has radically changed? Do you think it will just be a case of going back to normal? And and how do you think it's going to look in 2021?
1: I think this year has accelerated it far quicker than it was going to. No doubt, I think in five, ten years, this is where we would have been at that time. But you're totally right. I feel like cinema is in a hospital bed and it's clinging on for life and it's got its heart rate monitor and it's it's getting stronger and stronger. And it, it just will not die because people want that big screen cinema experience in a multiplex with their popcorn. You just, you cannot replicate it and you cannot beat it. And I think um, I was worried back in like the summer with Tenet, um, even though I think Tenet performed really, really well. Um, I, and then it, then, then I got to October and people were saying, oh, Soul's going to Disney Plus, this is going on streaming. And I became really worried and I thought, well, actually, we're not in lockdown at that point. You know, COVID cases weren't that bad. But from what we've seen in the last month or so, I have had a bit of relief from it. And I've actually um, exhaled and thought to myself, OK, I think cinema will be OK. Is it going to take a hit? Absolutely. Are independent cinema chains going to take a real hit? 100%. I think the repercussions of this, we won't feel right away. But I think in a year or so's time, I think a lot of smaller independent chains are going to go bust." 100%, 100%, uh, but I do think the bigger chains will be able to push through. They might have to close a few sites, um, but I don't think cinema's going to die. I think that's a, a very ra- vague statement to make anyway. What's that even mean? Um, but I think a couple of things the last month that have really helped. Wonder Woman performing in America. is done incredibly well. The best opening since March. Um, despite the fact that it was put on HBO Max on the same day, proving to people that people would rather go out and see it on the big screen. And whatever you think about Wonder Woman, and I know there's been some really not good reviews about it, I'm glad I went to watch it in the cinema because for me, I just couldn't imagine watching it at home. Um, so that helped me. Uh, Black Widow, that surprised the heck out of me. Disney announcing that it was going to get a theatrical release because I genuinely, I was, I thought to myself, it's going to go straight to Disney+. Plus. Obviously, they believe in that. Um, I just think looking at this year's releases as well, I think there's a lot of big blockbusters that are sticking to their sticking to their guns, pardon the pun, but Top Gun is still there, Peter Rabbit 2, I know that's the one that we're looking forward to seeing, uh, Monster Hunter, um, James Bond, Blackwood, like I said, all these big blockbusters, you know, they have to be seen on the big screen, they, they can't be sent to streaming. Um, so yeah, I think it's definitely accelerated it, for sure. Um, what was inevitable, really. But I think in the long term, I, I, I think cinemas aren't going to die. I think they'll take a hit like a lot of industries, like you know the hospitality industry in general. Um, but I, I think it's going to bounce back. And I think after a year of people being stuck at home, uh, I, I can see now once the releases flow through, once we get the big releases that entice people Um, and and make them want to go back to the cinema. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling hopeful. Um, And I think there's evidence to show that. I don't think this is just me being optimistic like I was a couple months ago because I have been very wrong in 2020. I was like, oh, it'll be fine. The summer will be here. The sunlight will cure everything. Um, And I was very wrong and I was very scared. But looking at... Um, Wonder Woman and Black Widow and how we're like the worst part of this COVID now, it's, people say it's worse than it was back in April, and seeing how they're performing, and again, they're not reaching huge figures, but bear in, bear in mind, we're in a pandemic and it's still, Wonder Woman still performing like 17 million in its opening weekend in, in, in America, I think that's incredible I really do, um, so yeah I think cinema is going to carry on. I think it will have to adapt. I think it will have to give people a different experience, a luxury experience. I think they're going to have to get luxury seats um, and and kind of, I, I don't know, they're going to have to think of a new strategy, I think, because um, unless you've got those big films, people aren't going to rush out. I think prices need to drop. I think paying £12 ticket is extortionate. Um, and I think they need to find a way of doing that uh, maybe doing more kind of limited cards or passes like that. So yeah. I I think they just need to adapt, really. But you know, I, I I like streaming. I think streaming will always be there. But sometimes people just want that extra kind of cinema experience.
0: Yeah, a lot of you said, you know, what you said there is true, and it's it's like you said. It's well, I think there's so much you can discuss there as well. Is like prices dropping, or like experience is changing i think undoubtedly that's like a big takeaway from it and i was kind of like stuck up at the start of it being like what people on about you know and i was like well actually do you know what and you know this i kind of was reminded of it by myself by your actual cinema trip i was like you know what actually me and craig go to the cinema we go to because the one that's literally around the corner from my house is literally like a 25 minute walk I had enough of because it was a crappy quality and it was like sitting in, in there, you know, I was on the floor most of the time and I was just like, you know what, I can't be asked with this, you know, I want a better cinematic experience so I'm going to go miles out of my way to do that. So I was like, well, yeah, you know what, actually these people have got a point and I imagine and from what you hear about in America, I think it is very bad, especially probably in some places if it's like right in the city and that kind of stuff. But I don't know about like the whole... It's harder to say whether they'll now go, this is now a luxury experience and you're paying for this big experience. So prices are now higher. That's what I'm worried about. Whereas like you said, I think what worked for them before this was bringing prices down, you know, the whole five pound ticket thing with like view, and then Odium went on board. I think that was really important, but I hope they can cling on to that. Because um, to me, I think paying to see it at home should be the more premium experience because it's like I am paying... It's kind of like if you pray for a private booth at something, you know, you wouldn't pay cheaper for the private booth. You are paying more, you know, a lot of people are complaining, oh, $20 is ridiculous, $30. I'm like, well, no, get, you're paying for a luxury at home. And I hope Hollywood doesn't take this as, oh, we now have to make pvod cheaper it's like no that should be if anything more expensive especially when cinemas are open because they are paying for that luxury to get it early to get it at home to have it in the comfort of their own home i think it's perfectly understandable for people to argue oh we should get both but if you do there should be that more expensive paying for that because at the end of the day you shouldn't pay more for when you're in a room full of like 50 60 people and you're like in a small chair with lots of people around you etc cetera, etc cetera.
3: No, I, I I think, yeah, I think, like Dan said, I think the adaption thing is you know adapting to the circumstances is going to be key to to the future of cinema. And I think, and I think pricing is gonna off the back of what you said, David. I think pricing is is gonna be key. I think as soon as uh, it was announced that Troll's World Tour was gonna be uh, released on onto PVOD, I mean that was the film which you know sort of kind of opened Pandora's box. I think once that happened, I, I just had that feeling like like Pandora's once it's open, you know, you can't close that permanently and i think there's no kind of going back completely now that that you know films are kind of being released and people have gotten used to having films like trolls available to watch on release day in the comfort of their home. Um, but the pricing thing again comes into it because if you're a family of five and you can rent it for 48 hours for you know 20 pounds that might work out cheaper than going to a cinema even if it's five pound a ticket or whatever the future of cinema we're definitely gonna have this issue where i think a lot of studios can potentially use it to their advantage the whole kind of streaming on uh, pvod at the same time as in the cinemas you look at a which was released a few months ago called host and it's one of the kind of bigger surprises of the year and that kind of took an opposite approach it was it was released it was made on a tight budget in lockdown it was released onto pvod everybody kind of watching thought this is creepy watching it at home um, and it's kind of had the opposite effect it's it was briefly before the last lockdown released into cinemas because people wanted to experience that on the big screen. And I think there are certain there's like a mid-level in kind of range of films which I think could benefit really well. I think if a studio takes a look at it and says Um, you know, Monster Hunter with Mila Jovovich or whatever, that's not necessarily going to make millions at the box office. But if you release it on PVOD, the same time as you release it in cinemas, people who sat at home might think, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. And it might do well for films like that. So I think the pressure and I think the The thing which won't change are the tentpole films. I think, as Dan rightly said, Disney Plus, sticking to Black Widow theatrical release, that makes perfect sense. And I think those are the films which are going to be the biggest draw for audiences back into the cinema. Because I was having this conversation the other day with uh, my better half, actually, about Avengers Endgame. And I was thinking, could you imagine if Avengers Endgame was due for release in 2020? No way would Disney ever put that on streaming because it needs that. And that's one of the best kind of theatrical experiences I can remember in recent years. So I think cinema is safe, in that you're going to always have your Black Widows, you're always going to have your James Bond films, you're always going to have your Fast and Furious movies, which I think will strictly go to cinemas. And I think cinemas will be safe in that respect. It's a question of whether or not studios can use it to their advantage and maybe prop up a few middle-leveling films and maybe make them greater successes than they usually would. Obviously, Warner Brothers announced their full lineup of movies going to HBO Max for 2021. And what's interesting is they've already sort of reversed that decision in some instances because um, Dune was a big one, and Denis Villeneuve uh, was not happy with them putting it on uh, streaming. He made that film for um, you know the, the, the big screen, and the biggest thing he could possibly have said to warner brothers to make them change their mind was franchise and he was like if you put it on streaming you are killing the possibility of a franchise and i think that's why they're now kind of turning around and going oh well maybe we'll take that one out and put that back on to the big screen so i think cinema will always be safe and there will always be a place because of those films um the franchises and people be drawn in but you know in terms of the independent films and the middle level films they might suffer a little bit but studios if, if they do it right could use that to their advantage to kind of make more money on those i think
2: i also just think in terms of like immediate prices of cinema going uh, going back into some form of normality i think they'll have no choice but to reduce prices there right because at the end of the day they're going to have to focus on getting people in first and i think i would actually be okay with over time, the price is slightly going up, then once things actually get back to a, like a stable level, if it means that they're actively then trying to you know, improve that experience and basically make sure that the seating and the, the actual experience is like a, of a luxury level, because then at least over time, if you see the prices going up, you've already bought into that level of, ex- uh, of like experience and think, "Yeah, this is probably still worth it, but I don't think we have anything to worry about at least within the next year in terms of prices. When I say next year, I mean from the point at which they open. We will have yeah. nothing to worry about for the next year because they're probably still closed.
3: <laughs> yeah. and yeah, you and you're probably right, to be fair. But I think I think that's a good point. And I think, yeah, they'll they'll definitely you know, I mean I've sat in some screens and the sound quality has just been dreadful. And I think part of the problem is home viewing systems now you can get a good decent home viewing system for a reasonable price and I think you know if you buy a decent enough soundbar and you buy yourself a decent enough television you you can basically replicate you know sometimes I think I've gotten better sound off of my telly than I have in some cinema screens that I've seen so I think cinemas definitely going forward are going to need to make sure that they're hitting that bang for your buck and and they give in that great quality for a decent enough price i think to to kind of keep people going back because i think if i go back on my first cinema trip and it like the screen is all fuzzy and it's not in the correct ratio which has happened before as well where it's like you're missing half of an image for like half of the film and the sound's awful i think i'd be like well do you know what i'll wait and watch on my telly so i think they're definitely gonna have after the game
0: you have to turn the lights off yourself. I know I had to do that once <laughs> yes, before. I was like, why am yes. I doing this? Why am I turning the lights off? Yeah. Um, but... Oh, mate, can you just turn it off for me? Thanks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it was. I went out there once. It was like, the lights on off. And then they just, I just saw them press a switch. I was like, oh, I could have done that. And I was like, but I think... And why you said, Joe, is also true. And I think what's good now is the creators are coming forward. And I think that that was kind of, you know, you can understand maybe in the early in the pandemic is that they don't want to be there like ragging on studios and cinemas. But I think it is important now that they start to come forward and stars and filmmakers... Hopefully they're not too money orientated, but, you know, money does make the world go round. And as a lot of people say, it is show business, you know. But that does move a lot of things as well, you know. So in the case of things like Dune and other films, you know, they they have like if the film earns over 300 million or if it earns a billion, then a director will get, like, so much of that or they'll get a bonus. So, rightfully so, then. They're like, "Um, excuse me, how do I get that bonus, which is in my contract now that it's now on a streaming service? So, again, they're like, oh, crap, yeah, we didn't think of that. Um, I think, like, James Gunn is apparently really angry, like, really, really angry about The Suicide Squad. And I can understand that because you watched that preview of HBO, uh, or was it called, DC Fandom, and it looked like such a cinematic experience. So, yeah, I can't imagine that being on you know the small screen and i think while a lot of people do say oh well i've got you know this setup at home and i have this home cinema experience and to me yeah i do have that setup at home but to me it's because i i want to replicate the experience i had not so much replicate what i could be having so when i watch avengers endgame on 4k I'm watching it like, oh, yeah, this reminds me of when that like massive explosion happened. and like, oh, yeah, I can see that thing. And I remember seeing that in IMAX. I never go there thinking like, oh, this looks so great. You know, it looks just like it does in the cinema. I'm only thinking that because I saw it in the cinema. Whereas when I've seen other blockbusters throughout this year, I'm like, oh, you know, that looks good. And my surround sound's doing a good job. It's a shame that I didn't actually get this experience originally like they do when they release, you know, like films from the past and that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people have mentioned Dan. that's why I think that's a big argument for cinemas, not dying, like Dan said. It's not even about the tech or anything like that. It's about you remember the experience because you remember, oh, that's the time that, you know, I went with so-and-so. That's the time where, you know, uh, I had to turn the lights off. That's, you know, like, that's the time that I went to go and watch, uh, what's that viewing experience? That you know they they have the OAP day at Odeon, and I told a few people about this, which I was not allowed in for some reason. They're like, "Sorry, you're not an OAP." I was like, "What?" And, and I was, but like, I remember I remember Judy the film and seeing that film because of that experience, and so, and that's a big part of it as well. Is that it makes the experience is like who you saw it with, what time of day you saw it in, like the all of that, and I think that's a big thing for people as well. Even though they might start watching things at home. Well, a family's going to be like, yeah, we plunked the kids down for five minutes, but did it give us a nice family night out? I think that's a huge thing that people aren't touching on, is that it's not just about cinephiles and people who like going to the cinema, but it's also like families. That's something a family can do together. That's a night out for a family or for even a couple. You know, I remember many times, you know, I remember Paris of the Caribbean because like that was one of the few times it was me, my mum, and my dad. And that really happened because it was always a kind of like, um, Oh, I'm working. You take him this day. And you know, that kind of stuff. So I think that's a big thing that will make cinema alive as well, is that it is something to do for a family you know, and that, that kind of thing as well.
2: That's actually an experience <laughs> that I also miss as well. There's, there was definitely a time in my life a few years ago where I would use uh, late night cinema, uh, cinema showings of random films as sort of, a sort of like a way of basically getting me through dark times. So there'd be times that like late at night, I can't sleep or whatever and just don't really want to do anything. And just seeing that there's like a late night showing of a, a really obscure film and just going, just going to see it, just thinking, yeah, this will just get me in a different environment for a bit. And they've been really pleasant times. They've been some, it's the only time I've been able to enjoy being in a cinema literally on my own be, or watching a film completely on my own because of that different environment as well. Like, it's, me- it's meant that I've watched films like Me Before You and The Secret Life of Pets. Uh, again, films I never would have watched otherwise, but because it's that idea of just brand new environment, it's just been, like, a weird encouraging thing where, like, at home where you have the ability to access anything and everything, you probably are going to be m- more willing to just fall back on things you already know. So, Because I think that's been my trap during lockdown as well. I haven't watched as many, like new films or films I've never seen before as I should have because I've just been falling back on like the things that I know of out of comfort. Mm. Because I'm because I'm trapped in that environment. I'm just like, well, I don't want to take too much of a gamble.
0: Yeah. Well a lot of people say that as well. They will have that like, I love going to the cinema in the afternoon and having that, you know, it feels like um they call it like bunking off school kind of thing you know if you go to the cinema midday it's that aspect and didn't somebody say that on your cinema special guys where they said they had like ocd or something and it helped them to focus more on on the films i think it was whales in the movies is that i thought and i was like i was like i never thought of that i was like you know thinking about people who might have like you know a condition or something and that that isolation helps that i was like oh yeah that's quite an interesting way to think about it because sometimes you think the reverse about you know how they, they would need to be at home because of certain things
3: yeah Definitely, and I think we said it on a show when it was announced that Cineworld was closing and we had um, Anna Smith, uh, film journalist, on, on, on our show. I said at the time, uh, I remember I went to see uh, St. Maud um, a couple of times. I managed to get a couple of screenings in of St. Maud before Cineworld shut uh, permanently. And I remember being there and, and seeing, a, seeing a guy um, who I used to serve back in the day working in WH Smiths. And he was obsessed with coming in and buying like the newspapers, which had like DVDs of any sort of random films. And um, for him, and I always see him in Cineworld, and for him, cinema is a sanctuary. And I think that's the important thing to remember as well, is that for a lot of people, it's a safe place um, it's a place to escape to, and I've certainly been in those positions as well, uh, Craig. where I've been going through some tough times. And, um, you know, I, I remember, for example, me being in the kind of uh, throes of a massive breakup, and me um, sitting in a cinema and um, watching La La Land, which probably was not the best film to watch while going through a breakup. But the, like you said, David, that film now will always have that kind of uh, tie to that moment in my time uh in my life and and being sat there and and watching that and just escaping for two and a half hours uh or three hours in that case and just kind of switching off from all the problems and it sounds cheesy but switching off from all the problems and uh, you know outside of those four walls um just for even the littlest bit of time can make all the difference in, in a person's life so i think that's an important thing to remember as well is that you know we're not just talking as as film fans, you know, it, cinema is an important place for some people and, and a, an important escape.
0: So how are you guys feeling on 2021? Like I said, it, it is hard to talk about certain aspects because we don't know. And we've mentioned as well, it very much is a kind of stage of, well... All of this might be more 2022 onwards, how cinemas will change. This might still be like 2020 and it's very much like a messy on and off kind of year. But I think to me, I think the problem we keep getting as well is, and I think the mention in Endgame earlier was really relevant because we've mentioned Mulan and like Tenant and so many of these films... And even Wonder Woman, unfortunately, you know, they keep saying like, oh, well, this is proven that this isn't working right now or this didn't make any money. And I'm like, I don't know if these are the films to really prove that. Because to me, I think even unfortunately Black Widow, I don't even know if that will be a good test case because I think a lot of people might, might look at it just like, oh, well, this film has been talked about for years anyway. It's, you know, I don't need to check it out straight away. It's not even talking about the future of the MCU. It's a kind of like origin you know placed in in the, in the past of of the timeline and unfortunately i don't think you know we've talked about this before i don't want to get too much into it but i don't think some people have got a bit of a thing with the female leads at the moment a wonder woman hasn't done that any favors and mulan didn't do that any favors and i think that's really unfortunate for 2020 but i don't know if there are any films coming up which can kind of break that mold i think even like with tenant it was very much a very unique experience but i don't think you could say oh well this earned 350 million this proves it's like well it's like nolan fans they're very different type of fans and i'm not even sure that like wasn't if there wasn't a pandemic i don't think that would have gone much over 500 million to be honest in my in my mind i think it would have to be something like endgame but i just don't know if there's anything in the pipeline like that is fast and furious like rod like do you know example of that i don't know because you know like i said you got godzilla versus kong you know godzilla didn't you know the last one didn't do very well matrix 4 you know it's been years since he's been one of those that, that's why i'm concerned about 2021 is that these ke- test cases are just very hit and miss craig
2: two things uh one i think black widow actually does have potential because i think it has one thing that the other female-led films don't necessarily have to such a degree which is a massive historical precedent, right? Because Black Widow is a character who has existed within the MCU for, let's face it, basically a decade at this point, right? And there have been calls, there have been calls for literal years for her to have her own film in ways that like the other scenarios you described just don't, right? Nobody was asking for a live action Mulan. And I think people just saw a Wonder Woman sequel as like an inevitability. So I think that's why there was like less push there. So I think Black Widow actually does have potential. Two, are you alright, Dave? Because there was a point in that speech you just stayed really high pitched for like an extended period of time.
0: It's like the awkward, the awkward moments. I'm like, I don't want to be mentioned in this. the awkward but... <laughs> moment.
2: You just ne- you just didn't stop for like a minute and a half. I don't know. <laughs> a balloon really of helium like...
0: underneath.
2: Hi guys <laughs>
0: Just floating away on helium.
1: Yeah, I I agree with Craig on this. I'm really, really excited for Black Widow. And actually, the longer it's been delayed, the more excited I am, which wasn't the case of Wonder Woman. I really was not excited for Wonder Woman at all. I thought the the more I watched the trailers for it, I was like, oh, I was seeing cracks forming. Every time I see the Black Widow trailer, I get goosebumps. I cannot wait because... Craig's right, is it, there's something different about Black Widow and that is obviously, um, Craig said about the history behind it and kind of the phenomenon and how much fans are pushing for it, but it's MCU, you know, nothing could touch Marvel. I'm sorry, like I, I, I like DC, I really do. I, mm. I really like Birds of Prey. And that was a female-led film that I think did well, but other people would argue, um, it just got an MCU franchise behind it. And it's, I mean, look, think about it, it's the, la- the, you know, the last film since Endgame, isn't it really? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Far From Home. And, and Game, where is it? Oh, yeah, yeah Far From Home. Yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home. So it's been a, a long while, like, you know, almost two years since that came out. So yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of excitement behind it. And I think it has got the MCU kind of seed of approval. I think, I think it's going to do really well. And the fact that it's just staying in theatres excites me quite a lot. Um, and yeah, it's interesting to see how Bond does this year. Again, um, people say to me, oh, what, who are you, what are you most excited for? And they think I'm going to see Bond. I don't know. I, I'm more excited for Black Widow, I think, than Bond. I think, um, again, the more I've watched that trailer, I'm seeing, like, cracks forming. And yeah, I, I think the whole direction of this new Bond, what, I don't know, I'm not really with it. I think we've had, like David said, a lot of female-led action films. We had Birds of Prey, Mulan, Wonder Woman, Black Widow. And to now have this side character as a female Bond as well, I don't know, but we'll see see how that goes. But um, yeah, I am really excited for what we do.
2: See, I'd argue the thing I'm most excited for is No Time to Die. Uh, has nothing to do with the film. I'm just sick of watching that fucking trailer. Over
0: and over again. <laughs> <laughs> it is just like it was like a religion. I, I think I said that in my Wonder Woman review. I was just like, it feels like almost like oh. This is not the usual no time as if I'm gonna watch the no time to die trailer every time I go to the cinema for the rest of my life because it's just been played that many times.
3: And what's brilliant, after each time, like when I saw it like however many times in the cinema that trailer play and, and at the end it comes up with like the April date or
0: whatever yeah. it is, and you always yeah. get that
3: one person who goes, Hey, yeah. <laughs> not likely or whatever and you just not like, uh, not today <laughs> not today
0: I, my, my favorite joke about that film that uh, a youtuber did was they were talking about like the delays and stuff like that and they just crossed out no and put a question mark so it was just time to die and i was just like yep yeah, that's exactly how this film is in my mind now
2: oh no so uh, have i got news for you made a uh, made a post uh, ages ago, which was basically saying "007's license to kill" is extending to the cinema industry. <laughs> <laughs> you,
3: yes, absolutely, and I think I think that is, you know, uh, something which will be worth talking about in the movie vault later on. I think mm-hmm. definitely no time to die it has been interesting how the kind of whole industry has kind of been waiting on that release. And originally it was sort of Tenet, that kind of initially kicked her off, you know, what's Nolan gonna do? Because he's very much that filmmaker who wants her on the big screen and that that sort of like a test run. Um, but after that, it was like everybody just waiting to see what No Time uh, to, uh, to Die was gonna, was gonna do. And I think I'm agreeing with you a little bit on here, David, because I think think that is the film which is going to be the real test. I think that of Black Widow, I can totally see where you're coming from. I'm not sure if that's got the appeal for mass audiences, like you said, um, you know, the same kind of appeal, at least, to something like Endgame or even Spider-Man. I think even if Spider-Man was the next one, I think that would definitely mm. draw people in. Um, although I am excited for Black Widow, but I think it is all psych- is all eyes on Bond again now. I'm afraid. I think I think definitely that that's the big one that everybody's kind of waiting to see again. It's like due for release in April. I don't think that's going to happen, considering. When the boss baby two is being pushed back six months. Oh no. <laughs> yes. I mean, if the boss baby two is being pushed back, I'm oh. pretty sure James Bond is gonna but, push but, be pushed back as well. That's that's an interesting
1: point. You know, should it be delayed again? I would say no. I say you've got yeah. I think when it comes to a year. You've got to just go with it, like Wonder Woman is done. I think Wonder Woman, yeah. through all its faults, and I know people don't, so there are some, a lot of people who didn't like Wonder Woman 84, it did stick to it. And I, I think foolishly so. I think it came out at an awful time, Wonder Woman, where it was like the worst time. Like, I think it was like three quarters of cinemas were closed. I think by April, hopefully, I think we'll be in a better position than now. But <laughs> You, you said that it? in the I show
3: yeah. <laughs> last year and that's what happened.
0: Well, I think there is an element, what he's saying though, is the, of the, is it old news by now as well? I think there's, I think Black Widow is managed and I, you know, like I said, I'm on the fence. I think like you guys, MCU, there is that prestige to it. And, you know, it could still be even like the least, one of the least successful, like Ant-Man and the Wasp, still 600 million, it's still quite a lot. So I think that that, you know, there's that more faith there. And I think you're right to say that like Wonder Woman is DC, which has more troublesome so a lot of people might not have faith in that black widows managed to avoid that by just going okay we're going to delay for like an entire year or so whereas like bond has moved so many times people are like you know why i'm sick of this film by now they, they haven't even seen it, and it they've just heard about it so much seen the trailers so much heard the story so much that it, even by the time it comes out people might be like i'm kind of done with this now because their excitement has just died off you know if you know what i mean
2: i think the other thing that black widow's got for it is the fact that given the amount of content that the MCU is planned on putting in terms of like the sh- uh, the individual shows on Disney plus uh-huh. they're still gonna have like such a a presence in people's mind but it's still gonna be to an extent to which you know because we know that they're good at making content I still think that's gonna be a driving force to push people to want to go and see their next major cinematic release right when which I think Black Widow will be able to capitalize off of because they have the ability to now release because like one division is out. Uh, I think of this episode's release it will be out like for example I think it's like literally the first day Uh, and then what shows are like after WandaVision
0: Falcon and Winter Soldier Ms. Marvel you know there's so many uh, so yeah that is a good point and that's the marion of streaming and you know so that's very much their aim is to be like oh you need to watch the shows and you need to watch the films to understand what's going on so that's a good point I also think even outside of Disney and Warner Brothers well it is Warner Brothers but I think Like you said, Joe, earlier, is like the fact that you've got like films. Like, I'm looking at the list now. You've got like Cruella. It's like, you know, again, people might be like, oh, another Disney remake. And, you know, again, these things are just repetitive and people are kind of over it before they've even come. Like Jungle Cruise. It's like, who really cares about Jungle Cruise? But where something like Dune is like, that's a a new franchise. And that could be like, oh, some, you know, some people are like, oh, that's different. That's new. That's something I've never seen before. So I think like something like that is, you know, even like James Gunn's Suicide Squad, that's at least you know, I'm completely redoing the Suicide Squad. It has nothing to do with the previous one. It has nothing to do with any of the DCEU. So it's like these franchises that are new and promising. And I think that's what's good about 2022 and stuff is that hopefully we'll get a bit more of that, not just the dregs of the kind of, you know, that we've had from the last year, et cetera.
3: Definitely. I, I think the issue with, with Bond as well, um, I don't think it'll ever go to streaming because obviously I just don't think there's a place for it. Um, I don't no. think... I don't think there's any way to put it. And I don't think any streamings. I mean, I think there were rumors that Apple tried to buy it for like three hundred million and that that or you know however much it was and they were still like that that's not enough money so i don't think they'll they'll give it easily to any sort of streaming service and i think it's got nowhere else to go but the cinema and i agree i think at this stage now i've had spoilers you know given to me in in the press you know just by pure accident like just looking on my phone and someone's like no time to die spoiler this happens in the headline i'm like great you know, that's one of the downsides of obviously this taking so long to be released. What I'd love to see is a film come out of nowhere, which is all about, which kind of focuses on word of mouth and that communal cinema experience. So Mm -hmm. I've got, what I'd love, and what could be a dark horse... Just putting out there, A Quiet Place Part Two. Because the (laughs) first film, Dan's laughing, the first film was such a sleeper hit. And it was such like a a film which sort of came from nowhere and everybody was just like, you know, just word of mouth. It was one of those films which everybody was going to see and like, we're on the edge of our seat the whole time. And we went to see it and everybody was like sat in silence the whole time. And Part Two was due out like literally a week before the first lockdown. I had tickets to go and see it. And I think a film like that, which kind of gives people those memories, as you were saying earlier on, David, about cinema being so so tied to our memory, and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, remember when we went to see A Quiet Place, and like how great it was, how tense it was, you know, how much we jumped and everything like that. I think if you can get a film out like that, which you know is sort of, again like not as big as Bond or anything by any means, but can still pack in the audiences. I think um, I think I think that could be a good. Tests run for uh for the studios. And I think that would bring people in.
0: Yeah. And it sticks to that sort of new franchise thing as well. It's not something that we've had for like ten years or something like that. Some good thoughts there, guys. I think like I said, it's gonna be a very interesting year. It's gonna be a very rocky year. They probably is inevitable, I think, that we will get delays and, you know, changes and that kind of stuff. Like Dan said, you know, it's just like, Oh, I think we'll be all right by April. This is like, you know, this does not jump the horse, yeah, you know, that kind of, but we'll see what happens. You no, know, I just hope that they stick with this thing. Like Warner Brothers said of like, Oh, this is just a temporary thing. And you know, obviously they're like businesses and stuff. You can't like believe what they say all the time, but hopefully there's enough, like, you know, again, you know, maybe even they might put everything on streaming and that works out profitable for the next year or so. But then actually they might start to see after two years of that, you know, like, Oh wait, actually, let's bring cinemas back because this is actually starting to make us less money. So it's just a process, isn't it? And You know it's it's a trying time for you know for film fans to know where you're gonna see all this stuff um but i think that you know it does make sense at least in when we're in the position to be like right you know let's have somewhere to put it i think hopefully wonder woman was a good example like dan said of being like hey and us open a film which is like not viewable hardly anywhere in the uk i think the uk was really slapped across the face on that one and i i still can't believe that like sky or someone didn't jump on that i don't know why they didn't Um, I think that's like one of the big mysteries to me. You know, we've talked about how problematic, you know, 2020 has been and, you know, how potentially we're going to have quite a big challenge in 2021. Uh, But we still want to talk about the movie Vault this week. You know, it's our first time visiting the Vault of 2021. And after having, you know, some hard conversations and, you know, going through a challenging year, you know, we wanted to ask Dan and Joe what they think are the films that symbolize 2020 it doesn't have to be a film that came out that year um you know obviously it was a big time for people to catch up on things and to watch things they'd never seen or revisit certain films um and you know we talked previously about films that are perfect to get your hopes up and spirits and all that kind of stuff so guys what are your suggestions as to a film that you think encapsulates 2020 so it'll be in the movie vault because of it oh yeah remember that crazy year this is the film that represents that
3: well, I'm actually going to go for, and I'm going from a purely historic point of view here, and I think um, I'd be remiss to offer up into the movie vault. Trolls will talk, <laughs> um, because because I just think if we if we're going to look back on 2020 and we're going to look about how obviously cinema has been affected. And how, you know, the kind of changes came around, the kind of potentially long-lasting changes, that's where it all started. You know, maybe it's strange that that was the film where it all started. But I remember when it was announced that Universal, and they got into hot water for that as well, because I don't think a lot of cinemas were happy with them announcing it. But I remember that was the first sort of official announcement of, right, we're releasing a cinematic film, a film due for theatrical release on to uh pvod um and i think you know the film itself i thought was all right actually i remember sitting there watching i'd never seen the first one um so i did a double bill i watched the first one with my better half who she absolutely like adores the first film anyway and we went straight into the second one and it's fine it's a bit of like fun i mean it, in terms of quality it probably doesn't belong in the movie vault but if we're looking <laughs> at a historic point of view as the film which potentially set cinema on a course uh, a different course, I think. Strangely, Trolls Will Tour deserves a shout.
0: The the film that couldn't go on a will tour as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, conveniently. What yeah, do you that... think, Dan?
1: Yeah, great choice. I've I've yet to see Trolls One or Two. I'm I, I'm a bit of a troll myself, I guess. Like like you know, I, I I thought I thought initially the first film was about trolls online, like trolling people <laughs> on Twitter. So I
0: was going to say when you said I'm a troll myself, I was like, does that mean you're like? stalking people's twitter feed and like throwing them abuse or something <laughs>
2: think, did you not get a bit suspicious of dreamworks of all people
3: doing <laughs> this film? i just
1: thought they were taking a new direction you know <laughs> um i also went for a 2020 film um i was going to go for something like contagion or outbreak but i was like nah it's a bit mm. depressing um so i went for a film that was one of the last films to be released in cinemas and my experience with this film was it was it was great because I love it and it was in my top ten of the year. But also, it was like right at the start of COVID, and I was a paranoid mess. Um, and it's the film that delayed itself before delaying was even a thing. And it is the Hunt uh, because the Hunt, Universal's The Hunt, was delayed um, from mm. September 2019. Oh boy, I wish they thought they were they came out then. Um, all the way to March this year because of political reasons. Um, so it kind of started to trend before even COVID came to the party. It was like, oh, you know, you guys are delaying. We did it before COVID happened. So uh, I think that's kind of an interesting situation. Um, but it, unfortunately, it came out right like middle of March when it shouldn't have really come out. Um, and again, that was a film that went on PVOD and Universal, made us pay like £16 to watch it. But yeah, I, I love the film, but also just the experience. It was the last one I saw in cinemas. Um, I remember going and just like, I, I was sat in the third row and this old man, right? No other seats there. Um, and all, all other seats were free, right? No one else in the cinema. He walks in with his coat and his hat on. I thought, oh, nice gazer this one is. Sits right in front of me, right? Right in front of me, but not directly in front, like to the right a little bit. So if he, if he turned around and breathed on me, I would be a goner, Right. <laughs> so he sits down anyway the film plays and I'm I'm a bit nervous so I'm like oh should I like awkwardly get up and like move a few seats back but then what if he turns around and sees and he goes oh you why have you moved and is this going to be awkward so I stayed there anyway all, all the way through the film is going eh, 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 <laughs> eh, eh, eh. and I was like oh my gosh and you know what I did because I thought I was naive I went I was like blowing
2: the cough
3: <else>.
1: I was a mess so I actually did I got up I I like got up went to the toilet and then I came back in and then kind of um accidentally forgot where I was gonna sit and then sit Uh, right in the back and it was it wasn't awkward at all between us two you know we had a had a a pint afterwards it was great but yeah and then and then I went to my car and I just cried because I was like oh no I was Um. like yeah so it it was it was a horrible experience but also I, I really enjoyed the film Um, And I think it goes to show even when, you know, things are not going well for you, you can always kind of escape from it all and, and watch some people getting killed on screen. It was a lot of fun
0: yeah it's interesting i haven't seen either of these films but i think that i know the craigs all like shuddered at the the idea of trolls will talk going into the movie vault but i think it is exactly true it's just such a weird film that like ended up being this like massive talking point of being like oh my god this film has caused such controversy this fact that like literally cinemas went we are not going to show any universal films from now on you know like and they started this the civil war it was crazy just over this like dreamworks film i think it is fascinating and and i think yeah and the hunt and like dan said it's like the fact that that started delays before it was even cool and for such weird reasons and i've seen so many people online say i've just watched this film what was the big deal you know why you know like this i've, I've again i've not seen it myself but i've seen so many people be like i don't even know why this was delayed i don't know why this happened it was it seems like you know it, it was really exaggerated as well which is uh It's crazy. So, yeah, I think those are, uh, to me, I I think they are great examples of just, like Joe said, not exactly the quality of the films themselves, but it's just the story behind them and around them makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, I have to agree. This is an episode of trends. And at the end of the day, we haven't actually really discussed any films of the year. So I have no right to argue again, even though I find it just hilariously ironic that Trolls will Tall the sequel to Trolls is going into the movie vault before Trolls itself is ever discussed. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think for the actual stories, they've got to go in.
0: And the same thing, I hadn't seen Trolls either. And I was like, if I do see it, I need to watch Trolls 1. So I think everyone has that same experience as well. So maybe the movie vault will encourage that. I'll be like, I'll watch it in the movie vault. But, oh, I need to go watch the first one that's not in the movie vault. So yeah weirdly enough into the movie vault this week and the first films of 2021 are Trolls World Tour and The Hunt. Into the movie vault you go and now we've covered off one big challenge of 2021. It's on to the next one. So over to Craig with today's Endgame. We're
2: in the Endgame oh, now.
3: so annoying.
2: All I can say gentlemen is welcome to Rank Bank. <laughs> <laughs> be
1: careful craig i know (laughs) okay
2: so we've discussed a little (laughs) bit about our our anticipations for 2021 which i think is good however i think there's got to be a, a, a degree to which we acknowledge the films that might suck so what i've done is i've gone to probably my favorite youtube channel at this point watchmojo uh, who kindly uh, released a video a couple of weeks ago saying, Top 10 films that might suck in 2021.
0: If a picture of this mouse is tweeted out to Instabook Face or Tiki we will be ruined.
3: No, sir, that's not gonna happen. That rodent is
0: toast. Welcome to Watch Mojo. And today, we're counting down our picks for the top 10 upcoming movies that might suck in 2021.
2: You want me to be a baby again? I can appreciate your concern. We had a good run what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the 10 films that are on that list. And I want you to try and uh, try and guess what films come in which position. So what I want you to do is you'll give you I'll give you like 60 seconds physically write them down somehow. So we know that, so you can't just be like, you can't just guess the same film over and over again to try and eventually get a point. Are you ready to see the options?
1: Yes. Um, And you know what was annoying? I saw this video and I didn't watch it. Oh, no.
2: (laughs) Oh, mate. Here are the ten films that make this list. I don't necessarily agree with all of them, so I'll give you a bonus point if you can guess which is the film that I don't think deserves to be on this list. And just tell me once you say it in your respective list. Here we go. The films are... Chaos Walking. Cruella, Old, Peter Rabbit Two, The Runaway, The Boss Baby, Family Business, The Forever Purge, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, The Last Duel, The Tomorrow War, and Tom and Jerry.
3: So, so we're doing it. So the worst, so the worst one, number one, yeah.
2: As in, like the most likely to suck, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So your time starts. Now. time up your time up and neither of you have messaged me what the hell guys i'm writing it down first (laughs) okay
1: i'm old school oh i still i need oh this is really tough 60
2: seconds is not a long time okay (laughs) so we'll go we'll go from the bottom up so start with number 10 joe what do you think the 10th most likely is
3: so That's I'm going to go uh number 10 I'm going to go for the last duel because I have no idea what that film is. You're going for the last duel. Yeah.
2: Dan.
1: I've gone for the tomorrow war because I've not a clue what that is either. <laughs> I could okay. be completely wrong.
2: I do like this lo- uh I do like this logic of I don't know what it is therefore <laughs> it's unlikely to suck because I haven't heard enough about it for it to suck. Okay.
0: Number 10, The Last Duel.
1: Oh, well done, Joe. How did you know that?
3: I just have (laughs) no idea what it is. So So, I just assumed it can't be in the public, you know, vision enough for people to really think it's going to be crap.
2: So even though this is a film which is being directed by Ridley Scott and written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon... The problem is, it's basically it's a, it's a historical drama about a really famous uh, duel. I can't remember the names of the two combatants, but it's giving off a lot of similar vibes to how the Great Wall and Robin Hood sort of developed. So, uh, that's not giving a lot of people faith at the moment.
3: Oh dear. Yeah, that doesn't sound great to be honest. Yeah. So, n- number nine.
2: We'll start with Dan, what do you think the ninth most likely to suck is?
1: I went for old, because again, I have no clue what this is. I, it sounds like a Pixar film, but I don't think it is. I, I saw that.
3: <laughs> See, I know okay. what this one is, so that's why I didn't choose that one. Uh, okay. okay. So Joe, what do you think number nine is? I went for The Tomorrow War, which I, I, again, I was a bit unsure as to what that was, but then I realised it's the new... I think it's the new Chris pratt film which he's been shooting in iceland because i love iceland i've been following that so i think i'm pretty sure so it doesn't look too bad anyway from what i've seen so i thought it'd probably be lower down okay
0: number nine the boss baby family business you want me to be oh no
3: (laughs) this
2: is ridiculous (laughs) yep they genuinely think it's the ninth worst the only thing that they uh, basically, they said that it didn't gain mass. The original didn't gain massive critical appraisal uh, because what it basically is, it seems like a single joke, which seems to be exhausted at this point. Especially considering the fact that they also have like a Netflix series as well. Wow! But that's like the only basis they have to think that the film will suck. Okay. Number eight, Joe. What do you think number eight is?
3: So I actually went four. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, because I actually really liked uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard when that came out. So I'm judging this by personal (laughs) preference. I like (laughs) writing them as what I think are going to be the worst ones. Um, But yeah, I I, I thought The Hitman's uh, Wife's Bodyguard um, would probably be quite low down, because I think the first one did quite well. It did well enough to get a sequel, at least, and I I quite liked it. Okay, Dan?
1: Um, I put The Last Jewel down for this one okay um, so we know that you're i think you're... it might wh- as <laughs> oh
2: yeah because well, i am oh
1: yeah 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 obviously.
2: that's how the game works right yeah so, yeah the option you well. put has already come up so it can't oh, be yeah.
3: number eight tom and jerry
2: we have a mouse problem
3: With the, what, Oh, what? <gasps> this is <laughs> ridiculous
1: what? who are these people <laughs> on this watch mojo that is oh. shocking that is I'm going to get zero. I'm going to get zero on this.
2: Yeah. So, uh, the reason that Tom and Jerry they believe will suck is because it's been in development from from 2009.
3: <laughs> really, 2009.
2: Yeah, but, that, but but surely that meat should mean it's right at the top of the list. That's oh, but crazy. you don't you don't know what else is coming up, right?
0: And, and not the fact that, like, you know, it's got, like, Chloe Grace Moretz and, you know, it's in a hotel and, you know, it's like, no, it's just the development means it'll be shit, it's not, like, anything else. I think
2: the reason that they put it low down is because I think there's a lot of, uh, I think, be- even though uh, other films have done it before with the, the 2D live-action combination, there's a degree to which a lot of the effects are relatively good-looking, and I'm worried that Dan is frozen, I, I think, out of pure spite. Um <laughs> <laughs> okay let's go to number seven dan what do you think seven is i put cruella down because
1: i think you got emma stone in it as well and i think it's disney i don't know i don't think it would be top of the list at all okay
3: uh joe what did you go for we're on the same page on this i went for number uh, i went for cruella on number seven as well
0: Number seven, Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. What? I put this, <laughs> this is at the top
3: of
1: my list.
0: Oh, no.
1: I it, we, you've got to admit, you've got to admit. Now, Craig, this is like not a proper quiz, <laughs> is it really? Like, you know, <laughs> well, like, I, never I said like...
2: Was, I never said this is a quiz. I said this is a game. <laughs> yeah, true.
1: No, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm just saying that it's, it's not a test of our knowledge, really, because the person who's done this list is just crazy.
2: Yeah, but this is why it's a balanced game, right? If it was a test of your knowledge, one of you might outwit the other. Yeah,
3: yeah I would definitely uh, win. You're right, Craig. This is, this
2: could, <laughs> yeah, this could have been the one for Dan. This could have been uh, the one for Dan. This is just down to luck, and that's my forte. <laughs> anyway, the reason that they say Peter Rabbit 2 is going to suck is because it shows no active development from the first film because Peter Rabbit, played by James Corden, is still incredibly mean-spirited.
0: <laughs> and is still played by James Corden. So, yes, you know, that would
2: be the kind of headline, I think. Then we go for number six. Joe, what did you go for number six?
3: I went for Chaos Walking because, again, I personally think it looks interesting, looks all right, but I know uh, during uh, pre-production and during production itself, a lot of bad things were being said about it, so I thought this would be kind of of middle-of-the-road-ish.
1: Okay, Dan? I went for the Forever Pooge because... I feel like even the last one wasn't badly reviewed at all. Um, and I feel like Chaos Walking, again, sounds like a, a broken record, this, but I feel like Chaos Walking would be at the top. It's one of those... I think it'd go either way, but yeah, I went for Forever Pitch.
2: Okay. You two are going to hate yourselves. Number six, Cruella.
1: Uh, <laughs> what's awful with this
2: game? Once you get one wrong, is that like you've got <laughs> yeah, two wrong?
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... They've basically pointed out the obvious with Cruella. It is basically impossible to humanize someone whose entire goal is skinning dogs, <laughs> and to the point of they don't understand, even though there is great uh, creative talent behind it, how this is going to be in any way enjoyable for people. Okay, we'll go for number five, Dan.
1: I went for the hitman's wife's bodyguards. This one.
3: Okay, Joe. I went for Old, which is, uh, just so you know, Dennis, M. Night Shyamalan's new film. Oh. So, yeah, so I thought that is going to go either way, really. So I thought Smack Bang, Middle of the Road, number f- uh, five, Old.
0: Number five, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. <laughs> yes, I got one!
3: I got one, baby!
2: Uh, well I'm happy now, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So they... So they basically said that nobody asked for this sequel. Uh, The chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson is wasted on this as a franchise. But hopefully the filmmakers learn from their missteps from the first film. Number four, Joe.
3: I went for, this is where I went for the Forever Purge on uh, number four.
1: Okay, Dan? I went for Tom and Jerry, so I
2: know that's wrong. Okay.
3: Number four, The Tomorrow War. (coughs) Hey, that's good. So basically,
2: the big concern with this is that apart from Chris Pratt and J.K. Simmons, uh, the rest of the cast are filled up with a lot of uh, low-level actors. So basically, uh, TV actors and maybe like minor roles in films. So They don't think it's going to have much star power behind it. Also, the the idea of it is... The idea is interesting. It's basically they go back in time. Uh, and recruit soldiers for a war against aliens. Oh. I think it's apparently an adaptation of something, but I can't really remember.
3: See, sounds good to me. You know, they're definitely not top top, top four.
0: Yeah, it's a bit harsh to be like, oh, they were in TV, so they're not going to be good. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. understand. You yeah. know, it's we are living in 2021, which has got a lot of TV now. You know?
2: Number three. So we'll start with Dan. I did Peter Rabbit
1: 2
3: for this one. Joe? I went for the boss, baby. Number three, the Forever Purge. Oh, oh. they just oh, think... oh,
2: Chaos walking is getting close, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they just, uh, they just think that the amount of actual societal discussions you can actually have have been exhausted by the ever four and the t- uh, the ever four films and the TV show. So they just think it's going to have it's just going to be a bit uh, toothless.
3: Yeah. And then title as well doesn't do it for me the forever purge like it yeah. sounds like a slog to get through already doesn't it It's, it's also forever
2: to, It's also meant to be the final installment which
3: Ugh.
2: again I'm I'm kind of skeptical because people like the purge for some reason Okay number 2 Joe
3: I went Tom and Jerry for this one
2: Dan
1: I went Boss Baby so
2: Number
0: 2 old <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, so the big thing behind this is that Joe is absolutely right. This is uh, the latest M. Night Shyamalan film. But it's an adaptation of a graphic novel. And we all know how well Shyamalan's last adaptation of a a story went.
3: Mm. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I thought it was an original story. And I thought when he does original stuff, he's usually quite good.
2: It's Mm. an adaptation of a story from uh, a graphic novel called The Sandcastle. All right. So that mm. leaves us with oh. our number one entries. So, Joe, what was your number one?
3: Well, first of all, I think it's quite telling that my top three were all like animated family mm. films. So, my number one was actually Peter Rabbit 2. And, Dan, what was your number one? Chaos Walking.
0: Number one, Chaos
3: Walking. Hey, I finally won one, Mom. Won, Dan, you won. <laughs>
1: Out of pure luck, out of pure luck.
2: (laughs) So, Uh,
1: I'd like to thank James Corden.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, Chaos Walking. So, here's the big thing about this film. Yep, it's been in development since 2017. But the original cut of the film was described as unreleasable, and it's been (laughs) wow by its own by its own director. Wow.
0: (laughs) What's this one about again?
2: Uh, This is basically for some reason all the women in the world have disappeared <sighs> and men have the ability to telepathically communicate with each other it stars tom holland uh who encounters a uh, a girl uh, oh daisy, Rid- daisy ridley who has been described as intimidating on set wow so
0: yeah i'm now remembering the trailers and stuff of this it kind of looks like Blade Runner or something is well like Daisy Ridley looks like looks like a girl from Blade Runner or something.
2: Also nice to see that Dan has taken the victory in won. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. <laughs> he's
0: one, He's done
2: now. Yeah. There is still the bonus points up for grabs. Right, okay. There's well... the one but bo- there's the one bonus point. So of those 10 films, I think that one of them uh, one of them doesn't deserve to be on that list. So Daniel thinks that the film that I don't think deserves to be on the list is The Tomorrow War. Joe thinks it's Cruella. Daniel? Oh, no! Joe? (sighs) I'm surprised... So, I had to bite my tongue during that because when Joe was talking about how much he enjoyed the hitman's bodyguard, I didn't want to say how much I enjoyed that film as well. I thought it was a great oh, film. Oh, man. Really? I, really loved I loved the film, yeah. Oh, I
1: hated it. I hated
2: it. Oh, what? It. And just I like never, that, I never... you're now going to lose this end game, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Great. please, please, give me another chance. <laughs> All right, so that means the winner of this end game is Daniel.
3: Way well Well done, Dan. You deserve it.
2: Thank you.
1: It's 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 gonna be a good year, guys. I've already <laughs> hit the peak now. <laughs>
0: Already with some classic reactions in there, and he still won as well. It's <laughs> like, what? What's going on here? But you know, he, he came through in the end. Yeah. So well, well done, Daniel, and you know, thank you both, and well done to both of you. Um, it was really enjoyable end game as always, and a really enjoyable episode overall. We talked about some really interesting stuff, and we had a lot of you know reoccurring themes and discussions, you know, which came into the movie vault and what we were discussing about like memories and films and all that kind of stuff. So you know, and we mentioned plenty times there, you know, go check out that. So Cinema special, which uh, we referred to that you did on your show, guys, um, on Dan and Joe Film Show, which me and Craig also did, like that fun story for, and uh, your show in general. So please tell us where we can find yourselves. Dan
3: is our go-to guy for the,
1: yeah. for the promo. I, I, I'm Joe's PR guy. I uh, mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm his assistant. yeah
0: What's uh, what's Joe's Twitter? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. At, 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 I'm not going to say it, don't worry. Um, <laughs> no, Yeah, man. so we, uh, you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on Mixcloud, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, anywhere basically, the Danjo Film Show. We, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we're uh, on Facebook under the Danjo Film Show, and we're also on Twitter and Instagram at DJ Film Show. So yeah, make sure to follow us. We do cool little polls, and questions, and pics. It's a lot of mm. fun
0: yeah go check them out guys and uh, yeah we look forward to listening to your show throughout the year and you know same with us you can catch us on uh, apple podcasts spotify google podcasts all the places you can listen to podcasts uh, catch us at well good movies and we're also on facebook twitter and instagram as well And you can catch us on our website, freshtakehub.com. We can catch plenty of reviews and news and different articles, uh, where you can also catch all of our podcast episodes as well. So anything lastly from yourself, Craig?
2: New year, new start. I do not want this to be a year dominated by COVID yet again. Uh, To the point, I hope that this is the last that we get to significantly discuss it on this show. To that end, I'm launching a new initiative. It is called the COVID Police Force. (laughs) From now on, uh, unless it is absolutely mandatory for the nature of our discussion, anyone who brings up COVID, I'm going to actively police them and make them stop. <laughs> you will know this by what I what I, I well I actually hope doesn't become a traditional siren, but it, if I spot spot it, listeners, you can be you can be sure that I will be there going woo 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 woo. No, cut that out. <laughs> cut that out now.
1: I, I love that. I'm so up for that. Like, when, when you said COVID police, I thought you meant like. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh! When you said the C word there, um, I thought you were going to be like, oh, wear your masks, Karen.
2: Wear your mask over
1: your nose. <laughs> don't go out the house!
2: <laughs> that kind of police, you know. Oh no, I've just I've just accepted that if they're gonna keep doing that, then they'll just be the first to die.
0: <laughs> wow. Craig's got one of those hats on with the sirens. We we got we got the shows mixed up at the start of the show. What you don't know is the next time you're recording the Dan and Joe film show when you say that word oh my god (laughs) (laughs) on the zoom (laughs) Uh, yeah well I look forward to um, getting told off many times this year because undoubtedly I will just forget and I will say it So (laughs) look forward to that guys, tune in just for that pure reason and uh, yeah please do check out the Dan and Joe film show we hope to meet up and chat and have fun with you guys again throughout the year and uh, we hope that we get some normality back pretty soon, when we do we will have a party a celebration and we'll have an episode they'll be like ah look back at (laughs) all the craziness that we had to endure so thank you guys uh please tell us at home what you think is a film that represents 2020 Uh, do you think that it is trolls (laughs) world tour and the hunt and uh what you know cinema experiences have you had as well that you're going to miss or you know you look forward to bringing back once they're fully operational so yeah catch you on the next one guys and uh stay safe Bye.
3: Bye. 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 I'm
0: going to get higher now as I'm going on to the podcast, guys. Okay.
3: Okay.